Hey all, Vicky McLeod here with another Europe is Coming Short. It's that time of year again where we are stressing out about Christmas shopping, making plans to either see or avoid our families and John Singleton is practising his cross-country skiing on lime green roller skates around an industrial estate. Don't believe me? <laughs> Keep listening. It's a, it's, a, it's a weird situation to know that actually looking at you, I'm going to, the people that are listening to this podcast will also be able to see what I'm seeing now because this is going to be on that YouTube, is it not, John Singleton? It will be on that YouTube. It's, uh, I suppose it's same, same kind of format, but we're just putting it out in video to the video world as well. Slinging the net out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I suppose if you're hearing us on YouTube, welcome welcome to the first edition of the Europe is Coming podcast on YouTube. That makes us a vodcast, doesn't it? We are vodcasts, the German the German Russian version of a podcast. I need a new I need a nice thing here. I need to get um I don't know where my my um crown picture frame went. Because you've got one behind you, that's from the crown, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You should you should put it up actually. Oh, stick it up, but God knows the yellow. It's hard the yellow would go well. Yeah, with that background. I've got a. I'm in my my new office, which has got a dedicated. I'm calling it the podcast shed. It's like a cave. Very nice, actually. You have to come see it. Yeah, we maybe do a live edition one day. That'll be fun. We could have free coffee because I have my own coffee machine. Um, and you are in your co-working space over in, where are you, Palmer? Yeah, I'm in just on the outskirts of Palmer. But shouldn't you be with a bunch of teenagers today? They, they have been uh, dropped off in Palmer, so they are exploring the city right now. You've got how many? Uh, so we have eight. Um, teens between like 17 and 19 um, who've come over for for the teen camp of the year yeah we should say that you haven't suddenly become a foster parent or anything you've just got well yeah true (laughs) you know it makes me uh, appreciate my non-responsible life you know like not having any dependence is uh, it gives you a lot more freedom in life so (laughs) it makes me appreciate that each time it does. I mean, I you have got uh, I, also. I guess there are different nationalities, aren't they? So you've got um, yeah. We, this, a mixed is the, bag. this is maybe one of the nice things about team camps is that you really do get like you know we've had teams from all over Europe. Uh, so we've got from the Netherlands, from Czech Republic, from Sweden, from the UK, from France. So we have like a real European mix of, of athletes. I guess is English going to be the common language in there? Yeah, and honestly, these days it really is. Mm-hmm. It, it's unusual now. I mean, Spain, Southern Europe, sometimes the exception, but even with the younger generation, like you know, they all speak perfect English. Like France, back in the day, was notorious for not having good English, but you know, we have Matteo on the camp who has perfect English. You know, it's it's it has really become. Um, the common language. It's funny, isn't it, when you think about that? It's like, thank God I just stuck to my guns and didn't try too hard to learn any other languages because English has shone through. Well, <laughs> Perfect it, for, for me. It's been very useful for us. Um, mm. But, 
but yeah, I still, you know, Spanish, I still like to improve my Spanish, but, um, you know, it's always the, we, I tend to just work in English most of the days. I mean, me too. I, I spend most of my day writing things in English and communicate, communicating with clients in English, but I do feel like living in Spain, my Spanish just still embarrasses me and I wish it was better. I don't like the fact that I'm an immigrant and I'm not fluent. I want to be fluent. But I think I have to go and find a Spanish boyfriend and divorce my English husband before that happens. Yeah. What, um, what have you, be, you guys been doing with the teens then? Have you had them for a few days? Yeah, so it's it's a bit of um, an immersion in some ways. They, they come over... And we're literally like, you know, train, eat and sleep. That's the, uh, and, and uh, the nice thing is that's what they, they want to do because they're so passionate about the sport. Mm. So they're kind of living that professional athlete life. Um, we, we tend to get like a really nice place. Uh, like we've got like a big house in the north of the island. So there's like lots of space and um, it's a nice environment. And then we're, we're pretty much in the gym all day. We, you know, we're not just running through sessions. We have lots of technical focuses. So we really try to look at, give them kind of information they can take away back to their training, um, technically wise, but also just act as that little bit of a motivation. One of the things for the teens is a lot of the time they're training with people who are, you know, especially at that age, significantly older than them. You know, they might be training with people in their late twenties, thirties. And so, this is an opportunity actually to have people who their own age um, train with, build those connections and build those friendships. Um, and maybe it's because of the size of the sport, you know, it's not CrossFit's not huge. Um, and so you actually don't have that many younger people training together in the gym. You usually get one or two who are kind of passionate about it. If, if they're lucky to have two, if not, you kind of join in with an older age group. Apart from you, who's coaching? Is it Chris? Yeah, so I'm, I'm here and Chris is helping out some of the sessions as well. I mean, it, I mean, we were joking about you being a foster dad, but there is an element of that kind of paternal responsibility, isn't there, when you've got a group like that? Because they're, they're young people coming up who can be kind of like looking maybe to be professional athletes. It's a tough, yeah, I, it's a tough career choice, isn't it? Oh, um, yeah, I mean, I've always been very passionate about it. So it's nice to see, like, the nice thing about working with this group is they're all very passionate, you know, so I'm very lucky in that sense that they all love to learn. They're all, they, you know, they all, there's something about that excitement that's also motivating. You know, they're like, uh, the, the kind of, you see the possibilities that you don't, you kind of, as you get older, sometimes those possibilities, you kind of start putting roofs on things, you know, like, um so there's something about this like uh i'm just looking for the right word but it's almost like they don't have any limits in their beliefs there's no limiting belief factors um and uh, you know so you, that feeling that you can achieve anything is is very passionate and uh and it's nice to be able to work with them and and the other thing with this generation is is they really can like the one bit of advice is as long as they stay consistent, it'd be, it's amazing what they can achieve um, if they're starting from this young. What's the age range of the people that you've got on the camp this weekend? Uh, 17 to 19 uh, this weekend. So if it varies sometimes, like sometimes we've had younger athletes come in um, and sometimes 20 tends to be like the upper limit. 
before. Because once you start kind of crossing that 20, 21, you feel like more you want to be in the elites, uh, more mm. in the elites. So that tends to be like the upper upper age limit. And how did you gather them together? How do you, do, they, do you invite them? Did they invite themselves? How did it come together? A little bit. I, well, because we've run it so many years now, this is like the eighth or ninth year we've had the, uh, the team camps. So a lot of comes through word of mouth. You know, someone might know an athlete. We've got two people who came on last year. So two of the eight athletes are repeating, Simon and uh, Veronica. And then people know, like people may have come to a camp before and then I should come here. So a lot of it happens through word of mouth. The camps now, we don't tend to advertise um, the the team camps. So it's just some messages to chat, see if they're interested or someone will reach out. And it's also a very small group. You know, we only have eight athletes, so it's not like we need to fill 50 places um, as we go through. And are they training with um, some of the... The big guys in the in C twenty three as well are they training alongside Jack and Adrian yeah. and those kind of guys? Um, sometimes more training. They've not joined in any sessions yet. Sometimes like Axel was there yesterday. Axel's Axel probably holds the record of the most team camps attended. Um, Axel is like team camp experts. You know? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it was quite fun yesterday. So we we had a bit of a testing session. Um, we're going to do one RM back squat. And we've a Simon there who's also Swedish. Uh, and Axel was like in full support to get Simon his uh, his new PR. So he lent him his knee sleeves and was there cheering along. So, you know, that's nice. And, and, and Lundgren's like, cool. he's like a good example. I mean, he looks like 24, 25 now. So, you know, he's he's past the uh, the team coach, but he's still there like supporting. And, and I think knows a little bit of what, what they're going through and their kind mm-hmm. of desires because he's been on that journey. And they, apart from being in the gym, have you got them out and about? They've been enjoying some training in the mountains, on the beach. Yeah, we, have you done any of those little John specials? Yeah, we uh, we haven't been out to the the outside. We were swimming yesterday, but just in the pool with Lorenzo. Um, but tomorrow we have we have something a bit more um, outside of the gym planned, which should be exciting. Miyoko is so such a perfect spot to train in it's really fabulous I mean, it's, it's not the warmest of days today but it's still sunny yeah Perfect exactly weather. it is cold we've got the pool at the the place where we're staying and they've been like some of the guys have been jumping in every morning as well <laughs> like to wait i saw that up. i saw a little instagram moment yeah. and i was like are you sure boys it's, and it's you know they like say it's it's like three degrees or so somewhere around that the morning temperature so it's not it's not exactly uh it's hot but they're they're enjoying the routine well good for them Wim Hof is a cold recovery etc etc (laughs) so that's these guys some of these guys will be competing at the crown or I mean have they applied to do it are they in the qualifiers have you invited Uh, them details please but none of these guys uh on the invite list, Veronica obviously was the winner last year, so she's here. Um, but they're signed up to the qualifiers, um, which is still going on. So I hope, I hope to see them. Some of them obviously have the potential to be able to take one of those two spots at the qualifiers. Um, but um, so I, I hope to see them. Hope to see them there. Actually, we should just go run back over that because I mean, there's ten spots: five boys, five girls. And how many can you get? There's one spot open for qualifying and the other's invitational. Uh, two spots qualifying. 
per, per gender. Yeah. Okay. Because you yeah, started so, to. Yeah. So, sorry. Yeah. Just to clarify. Yeah. The, so there'll be two, two females, two males that if they win, take first and second in the qualifiers, they will then get the invites um, as well. Because you started announcing the young people that are um, going to be, have accepted the invitations to come to the competition, which is held the last week of March. Exactly. So it's uh, Easter weekend again. Um, and we have in so far, there's three announced athletes. So we have Hugo as the first. So all of these athletes actually podiumed at the games this year. Um, so Hugo took second, um, Burgos, who's and Hugo's from Sweden. Burgos um, from Iceland. She, I believe, took third at the games this year. And then we have Trista uh, from the states, and she plays second this year. So those, that's like our list uh, release list so far. And there'll be one more um, before Christmas. Um, another male. And I'm going to wait for the Christmas break to release the next invites. Um, and then the full list will be finalised around the 20th of January after the qualifiers. So you're not limiting yourself to athletes in Europe. You're looking at other regions as well. Yep. Yeah, so we're going to hold a couple of spots open for regions outside of, of Europe. Last year, I mean, last year we had um, Maria, who's mm-hmm. she's she's from Latin America, but based in the States. Um, Amato who was from, um, again, from Latin America, but tends to be based here. And then Andre from uh, from Russia, who came over. So we did get a bit of reach. Um, I think Trista will be like the first uh, thoroughbred American <laughs> to, uh, to come Actual through. American. North yeah. American. Yeah. I mean, it's great for um, also to kind of spread the word about the competition because it's, it's um, bringing people from other places as well, hopefully is going to have yeah. repercussions for the, the the way that the competition is seen because it's still in its infancy. Isn't it? And that, that's something that we've always wanted to, you know, the, the kind of whole sentiment of Europe is coming is, has been a little bit about getting that traction on Europe. And you know, there's no question that the momentum, a lot of the space circulates around the U S and so to be mm-hmm. able to bring people like big names from the US over here, I think is is something really nice. And, and you know, Europe obviously has like so much to offer. I mean, Mallorca especially has been a, a training ground for the you know, not even joking around, but like the best athletes in the world for a decade now. You know, we've, we've had so many games athletes who've podiumed or come through, done training camps, whatever. Here, I mean. So it's kind of like a a great place in Europe to be able to bring people from the US. It also, just from a kind of tourist point of view, is um, you can have direct flights now from America to Mallorca. Yeah, exactly. So the Miami, Mallorca, they're also talking up. Oh, sorry, um, New York, Mallorca, they're also talking up mm. in Miami as well. So like having an, and possibly all year round, which would be pretty crazy. Yeah, it'd be great because I mean. It, the island's getting uh, very popular with um, visitors from America. Come on, everybody. You can come and see what you're missing. Yeah. Um, talking about Christmas, next, uh, it's what day are we on? What day is it? Is it Wednesday? Wednesday the 20th. Wednesday the 20th. So Father Christmas is on his way. Four de- five days. 
until uh, gift day. <clears throat> I'm very excited, actually. I, I don't actually know what I'm getting for Christmas. My husband's been very secretive about it this year, which is um, concerning and exciting in equal measure. What are you going to get for Christmas? Well, I, I, uh, I don't know. No. Um, it's been a, it's been a bit of a busy end to the year, the season, so things are moving quickly. But Jack and I will be um, we go back to the UK for a few days over Christmas, and then we go to Norway. So maybe we'll celebrate because we're going to the mountains in Norway for a little bit to do some to see some snow. I can practice my cross country skiing, so maybe we'll celebrate a bit more in uh, when we're in the mountains in Norway. What kind of presents do you get for a um, professional athlete for Christmas? Usually it's been like relatively technology has gone down well. Um, mm-hmm. Got her like, you know, like a Garmin. I think for her birthday I got her a, a Garmin. Um, well, you know, those those kind of things. I, I, so technology has been my friend in, in presence. <laughs> What do you want to get for Christmas? Uh, I'm not uh, not hundreds uh, percent sure. Maybe something to do with uh, cross country skiing. You know, maybe mm-hmm. I. I'm actually, there's a, one of the Norwegian coaches uh, from from Oslo. He's selling a second hand pair of uh, cross country skis. So I think I'm going to purchase those. So maybe I can. Crutch, maybe I can convince Jacqueline to uh to get the skis would you sell them at her parents house then is that the idea that all your cross-country ski gear stays in Norway the trouble with Mallorca is it's not the most optimal place for cross-country skiing so I need to I need to speak with uh Jacqueline's dad see if I can have a space in his storage uh, for the skis I guess Norwegians must have big garages this is the thing, you know, they, they have so much. I mean, they're, they're raised on – and it, Jack comes from the south, um, and even there you get, like, snow cover. So sometimes to school they would ski to school or do whatever. You know, it's like they live on on skis, especially in certain parts. So there are, you know, they're, they're used to storing those things. Well, the question has to be how good are you at skiing then? I'm, I'm very bad um, <laughs> on skis. It was my kind of – uh, you know when you when, when you go to the so if you go with a Norwegian family to the mountains over Christmas like a hundred percent the one thing you'll do it's like going for a walk in the UK you know on mm. Boxing Day or whatever you, you go out yeah. on cross country skis and the concept of not being able to ski to Norwegians is they they don't quite understand that you you can't ski because everyone they've known and everything they've ever done has been able to just walk on skis it's very natural to them so. So I was, uh, you know, I think it was an experience trying for them to see someone so bad on skis. But I've been, I've been persisting, and hopefully I come back this year with uh, at least a little bit more advanced than I was the first time. Where do you practice? <laughs> so I, I actually brought some uh, roller skis. No, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, when. Uh, at the end of uh, last year, sometime when I got back, and because you know, obviously, I can't practice skiing, uh, but they have these like roller skis, which is for dry land practice of 
of cross-country skiing. And so sometimes as a warm-up, I'll go out into the park by C23 and just go around the park. <laughs> go around. Um, so, you know. I had no my, idea uh, about that. Yeah, yeah I, you know, I, I'm keen to get better on skis. Like, um, it, it's, it's also nice to be able to learn something new. Uh, so that kind of physical process of learning something again and starting as a beginner and growing through that process has, uh, that's been a little bit of the, the focus. I just got this image now of you like dedicatedly giving it your all going around. I mean, like the looks you must get from the locals. Yeah. In- I mean, so, honestly, well, 23 is in a, is in an industrial estate. Yeah. It's not got, no no i I definitely get some i definitely get some looks you know especially like the cheap i just brought a cheap pair and they're like a luminous green (laughs) so i've got these like green poles and green things i mean you are right it 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 does look a bit silly uh going around i'm I'm hoping i'm gonna have a word with manu and uh he's going to get Uh, yeah exactly yeah i need i need evidence Okay, so next week we're going to talk um, in between Christmas and New Year. Where will you be? I think I'll be – so uh, if we manage to film on Tuesday, I'll be in the UK. So I'll still be in the UK on, on Tuesday. And then <clears throat> I kind of get lost in the Christmas dates, but sometimes towards the end of the year we then uh, fly to Norway. Okay, so you've got until next week to think about – we're going to reflect Yeah, the year. Sure, yeah, sure. The whole uh, – a reflection episode. Hmm. Maybe two, you know, like top five moments or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's, it's also nice. Like I tend not to think back, but actually, you know, a whole year goes by and we've, there's been a lot of fun things this year. So it'd be nice process to do as well. Hmm, definitely. I'm going to do one in the, I think it's a good thing to do just as an individual anyway, to look back and see, Good bits in your your, your, your office. Habits. Your office definitely ticks the list, no? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I'm very pleased with it. I'm very happy with that. But uh, yeah, now I've realised I have a lot of work to do. No, I'm in it. But yes, I'm very happy to have made it to the end of the year and to have moved. Yeah. Yes. Not that my old office wasn't lovely. And the people that own it aren't great. But I now have my own space. It's incredible. It was a definite highlight for the end of the year. For me, yeah. One to tick off already. I need to mm-hmm. think of my first one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll speak to you on a Boxing Day, I guess. Yeah. And happy Christmas. And happy and safe you. travels. And uh, enjoy. I'll, I'll, and you'll have to show me what you get. Yeah, true. Christmas present unfailing. <laughs> Happy Christmas, John. And to you. Thank you, John. Happy Christmas, everybody. I hope you have a good one. Until next time, thanks for listening and bye-bye.